Welcome to Valfi Stuttgart Americana episode 34, an American-based English language Val FB Stuttgart fan podcast for our viewers are unofficial, uninformed, and usually unprepared. Today, though, we're going to triple our uninformed status by having a couple guys from Texas join us. We've got Josh and Jens coming to us. They are the uh, the head, I guess, Josh, we would say, of the unofficial supporters group in Central Texas. Is that right? I would say so. Hi, everybody in Stuttgart, Americana land. I'm Josh Jackson, originally from Stuttgart, Arkansas, and uh-huh. I've lived in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas, if you don't know Texas geography, you kind of die, divide it into a big plus or a big cross. And hmm. Dallas is up at the top, right by Oklahoma. And down at the bottom is, is uh, the Valley, Mexico. And on the way in Central Texas, you got Austin and you got New Braunfels. Uh, where Yins lives, and uh, San Antonio is kind of the middle. Okay, Houston's way out east. El Paso is way out west. <laughs> and so uh, I moved there in about 2004, and I was already a big soccer fan. And I've met Yins like here, shoot, probably about five or six years ago, and found out he was a big Stuttgart fan. And me being from a little town called Stuttgart, um, I kind of gravitate when I got into soccer. I kind of gravitated towards Stuttgart, Germany, and ah. um, I got into soccer about 1999. And it was that 2007 team, Stuttgart. I'm, I'm still a huge Timo Hildebrand fan. <laughs> um, that was like that was that that really got me on board with Stuttgart. But I, I've kind of oscillated back and forth between being a really hardcore fan of of of, of Stuttgart and, and now knowing Jens, that helps me helps me uh, you know exercise the will to wake up and watch it on ESPN Plus <laughs> every morning. Yeah, you guys are coming from Central uh, Time, so. The games, uh, they start for us in the Eastern time zone at 9.30. So for you guys, it's about 8.30. So it's a little bit of an early, uh, an early wake up there. Uh, Jens, what about you? What's your, uh, what's your story? Uh, yeah, I'm Jens. I'm from Germany. I've been a Stuttgart fan since about 92. Oh, wow. And it happened since, uh, at a Dortmund, Dortmund-Stuttgart game during the championship title race match. And uh, yeah, then... Uh, a couple of years later, I actually started working for VfB Stuttgart. I used to be a chef. Ah. So from 2000 to 2002, I actually worked with them and for the team. And uh, yeah, I've been fans ever since, you know. Jens, how is the bratwurst in Stuttgart? We have different kinds. <laughs> it's more or less like a, like a smoked red sausage. That's like their typical bratwurst, you know. It, I, I saw your guys' picture that is twinned, uh, I should say pinned, I'm sorry, on your Twitter uh, account has, I think, seven of you at the table. And then if I count everybody at the, the restaurant slash pub, there's about 20 people, which I think makes you guys the biggest uh, official, unofficial fan club of Stuttgart in America there. So get, tell me a little bit about the uh, soccer scene, you guys. Uh, Jens, what's it like in uh, down where you're at? In your Bromfers? It's yeah. growing more and more and more, you know, since uh, we finally have like a professional MLS team here close down here in the south. So it's uh, more and more interest. More and more pubs that come up with like watch parties. You know, hopefully if we can get a few results that are a little bit better than what we had this weekend, um, if we can keep the 8.30 or 9.30 start times instead of the uh, Vita League of 5.30 or 6.30 start times. So why, why, do we dive, uh, why do we dive right into that? You can reach uh, Josh and Jens at... Thou, uh, VFB underscore C-E-N-T-E-X if you want to get a hold of those guys. But guys, let's jump into uh, part one of our episode here. We break down the Furt versus Stuttgart match. They've got one win on the season head into this. 
minus 36 goal differential versus 16th place Stuttgart. Four wins on the season, minus uh, nine goal differential. The last three matches these three guys or these two played, uh, Stuttgart had a two win advantage. And the first match day was just the best opening match day you could have or you could hope for. It was a five to one Stuttgart win at home. Endo scored. A guy named Philip Clement scored. Kemp scored two. Al Gadui scored one. Sosa had three assists. Um, let me ask you, uh, Jens, we'll start with you. Sure. Thoughts, thoughts on that match and then thoughts on the first 17 matches. I had a feeling it wouldn't be as good as last year because that's just what we do. We have one good power <laughs> here. We lose a couple. After we lost our goalkeeper, Kobel, I had, mm. I had bad, bad feelings, you know, because he, he was the guy who was like, managing the team from the back he was mm. like the i don't know magician of the team you know we lost him against uh to dortmund that was already a big loss and i had a bit bad 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 feeling for the season not as bad as it is now but, um, <laughs> yeah i think yeah. what gets underscored is how much of a field general kobal field was general. yeah he and I, I think you could really hear that on the television during the covid uh, ghost games when no fans were there because you could hear the players and the coaches and he was one of the most vocal players out there. And that is definitely, uh, definitely missing this time around. Josh, let me ask you the same question. I mean, the first match day, it was as glorious an opening day as you could have. And then uh, the next 16 matches, not as glorious. What were your thoughts? You on the first half um, going into going into the second half of the season. Week one, you're at the top of the table. (laughs) That's right. You're the first place team in Bundesliga. Like, like, how much better could that be? Like, like the, I guess the only way is down from there, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think since then you you had had like some sparks. You've seen what they can do. Um, guys like Forster, guys like Mavropanos, you know, have really s- stepped up and played amazing football. And just like Yen said, the the injuries have have really hit us. COVID has hit us too. I mean, even this past weekend with Mavropanos out with COVID concerns too. I mean, uh, Stuttgart's a team where these guys need to be oiled and ready to go. Right. And you look at the season has it has transpired and Stuttgart hasn't even had a winning streak. They win a game, they draw a game, they lose a game. But there's been no winning streak. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm looking forward to the next couple of games is let's go ahead and get a streak. Your Stats-wise – the teams in, in shots, shots on target, right around like 10, 11 spot. So they're right in the middle of the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I was just looking at some random stuff. Distance covered, they're towards the bottom. But that's kind of not a bad thing. That means they're a very good passing team. Uh, you know, Leipzig is, is second to last there. Um, uh, it crosses, you know, I, 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 you got to love a good Sosa cross, man. He was throwing <laughs> him in there in this game. Uh, the more the more crosses we get into the box, but who's got to finish them? And finally, right. we got Sasha back in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think things are going to click a little bit better. They're back from those injuries. Hopefully, you can you can put that together. Yeah, it, w- it was definitely a, a weird. So we go into the winter break, and Stuttgart had gone two one and two in their previous five: two wins, one draw, and two losses. But they lost their last two. There was that blowout to Bayern, and then there was that disappointing late loss to Cologne. 
Uh, Furt had gone one, one, and three. They had picked up their first win, their first draw. And so the question kind of going into this match was which Furt were we going to see? Were we going to see the Furt that uh, was just bleeding goals, was leaking goals all over the place? Or we were going to see the one that over the last three games had kind of gotten more compact, more defensive, and had only given up, I think, maybe two or three goals. So that was kind of what I was looking at going into this one. I I was kind of interested in your guys' take. Josh, start with you. Were there any surprises in that lineup? Any thoughts on on who was there and who wasn't there? I mean, it's, it's good to see Sasha. It's good to see some of that chemistry that he brings and gravitates and, and just loves to make the runs. And so you're starting to see those, the, the through balls into the final third. Um, yeah. Not having Mavropanos in there, like we said, mm-hmm. is, is kind of a drag, but you, you kind of play with that three back back right. there. Um, Ito Anton and, and Stencil and, man like I was I was I was all right you know we can do this so I was kind of surprised that I thought Al Gadui would start and uh Sasha would come on late but it turns out that uh, they we found out today Al Gadui has been given permission to shop around and see if he can find another club to uh either be loaned to or be sold to so that's why he wasn't there he wasn't in training today uh Dadavi wasn't there uh because of a COVID concern he had had contact with uh, somebody who had COVID, so they kind of kept him in a in a quarantine for a second. We all know Silas wasn't there because of COVID. Dino wasn't there because of COVID. Uh, Fahir wasn't there because of COVID. But the rest of the lineup looked pretty good. But, uh, you know, Jens, I want to get your thoughts on, I was kind of surprised that Kempf wasn't in the lineup for this one. Yeah, that was the, the, I was the same. He's like the fighter, but uh, I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're saving him. I heard he's maybe going to Hertha, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know when that move is going to happen this summer or like uh, already in a January transfer window. So that in, in case that happened, they might want to not play him to sell him. I don't know. But um, I would maybe put Sosa in the defense as well as a left back, you know. Sosa, Camp, Ito, and then maybe who was the last man up there? Uh, and, up, you know? right. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Sosa can get the power from all the way from the back. He's a good defender, but he also works hard up front, you know, so that would might might be an option next time, you know, mm. but I'm not the coach, so. <laughs> yeah, and we also, did... also Koulibaly would be good with a little bit of his speed, you know. Yeah, that was those were probably the two biggest surprises, Kemp not being in there and Koulibaly not getting any playing time uh, yesterday. Yeah, I, say what you will about Kemp. We've been somewhat critical of, of Mark Oliver Kemp on this podcast, but uh He's really he's pretty good in the box on crosses and on free kicks and corner kicks. So I was kind of hoping that would be his uh, his role. But like you said, Jens, it's maybe he's on his way to Hertha. Um, somebody wrote that he's uh, left. What is it? He's left footed. So putting him in it would have been a little bit difficult. I will say this: Stenzel played pretty well. I thought. I, I don't know if you guys disagree, you know, with that, but. Stenzel played a lot better than I expected. Maybe it was because my expectations were pretty low, but uh, I thought Stenzel played all right for, for the, for most of the match. So why don't we dive into the, the first half of the match? And uh, I kind of joked on Twitter that we, we talk about the highlights in the match, which would take us about 30 seconds because there weren't too many. Um, Josh, to me, what it looked like in the first half was that Stuttgart had all the possession, but Furt had all the threats. Was there anything that stood out to you in the first half? Am I off base on that? What do you, what are your thoughts on that first half? Yeah, first 15 minutes, uh, Mueller actually took an elbow. I didn't know if that was going to be worse than it came out to be. <clears throat> Luckily, it wasn't. Um, 
uh, Sosa had a beautiful cross about 15 minutes. It went right into Sasha's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of finding his head or finding a, a body part that he could score with, Sasha was just a, either had either overran his, his, his path or, and I think, I think, I think Sosa was actually putting some crosses in a little bit behind his crosses weren't quite in front of where the players needed to be. And that was, that was the first moment you saw that when it just like shot right to his ass. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Sasha did have a left footed shot. Uh, it was deflected. So you're finding a couple of, of opportunities here. I do think, uh, uh, Firth were playing with a little bit more passion, a little bit more heart. They just come off that win f- with uh, against Union, and uh, what was that? Their first first Bundesliga home win, right? Like in, in history. So, mm-hmm. like you know, they're playing with all this spirit, and you can you can tell you can tell that they're really they are kind of pinning Stuttgart back, and and Stuttgart kind of coming to a low block uh, every so often on, on defense. And um, I think that was part of the game plan was just try to like throw it down the left wing, see how far, see, see if we can get 20, 30, 40 yards. Um, you see Souza cut in on one of those opportunities and won a free kick. Yeah. And, and we were able to do that pretty much throughout the rest of the game is, is win a few free kicks into dangerous positions. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think you started seeing some of that. Uh, Florian Mueller had a wonderful freaking oh, yeah. savior of a save 22 yep. minutes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Furt uh, had a, a Ball in the box, uh, Hergota, I believe his name is, had a great header, luckily or unluckily for them, it was right at Mueller. But that was, I mean, he's had kind of an up and down season, I, I think it's fair to say. But I, he earned his paycheck on Saturday because without him making that save, um, that easily could be a match that goes goes the opposite direction. That that, that save was was class because yeah, you saw you saw you, you saw Firth really trying to trying to get lucky i guess because mm-hmm. stuttgart were still in a in a low block uh firth had just attacked down the right side and they got pretty far to the end line and put a ball in stuttgart's trying to they're trying to clear the ball uh, it, it comes off of someone else's ass i think and then finally gets cleared <laughs> out and <clears throat> while everybody and it, it clears out almost to the half halfway line and then stuttgart's trying to push out well they just they just throw the ball right back into the box and it gets crossed into the six. Um, I think it went right over. Uh, let's see uh, who was playing the right side uh, Forrester it went right over Forrester. Cause he was trying to just bomb up the wing right. and right, right to Firth's head, a, a nice little dink header across the box. Mm-hmm. And Stencil Stencil was trying to jump. He was right in between right. the two players. Right, right. He, he, he was caught in between two minds there. He was jumping as high as he could to try to get to the ball. Mm-hmm. and uh, didn't quite get it. And, uh, yeah, it was a point-blank header just right down to Mueller. And Mueller, instead of instead of Mueller just trying to put his hands on it and put it down or put it straight back, he did a great job of just, like, putting it sideways, right. putting it straight out. So, I mean, that was a dangerous situation. <sighs> Your heart rate's up a little bit. Maybe you spilled a little coffee uh, on the table there. <laughs> but that was, that was kind <laughs> of a scary moment. And, and honestly, Firth had the scarier moments even later on too. Second half when second half rolled, I, I think halftime you're sitting there, you're like zero zero. All right, mm-hmm. we can score some goals today. Um, I, yeah. I was hoping to see at least three three goals in this game. Yeah, I, it was one of those classic games where the first twenty minutes or so are so important because the home team has the energy, they have the support. Typically, maybe not of the fans in this one, but once you weather that that first twenty minutes, usually the the stronger team 
you know, can start to exert their will a little bit. And that just didn't seem to be the case in the first in the first half of this one. It seemed like Furt was a stronger team. Furt was a more aggressive team. They weren't playing like a team that knows they're basically mathematically you know, out. Our math is really bad, so they're not mathematically out of it. But they weren't playing like a team that is, you know, bottom of the table there. The luck, I think the good thing was once we get into the second half and once from the 60 minute, the last 30 minutes, though, I do think the game kind of transitioned a bit. I do think the game kind of moved more towards Shugart's favor a bit. Um, Baez comes on for Forster. I've been wanting to see Omar Baez uh, for a long time. He's a young kid from Turkey who came in. And then from like the 60 minute on, it seemed like uh, it seemed like Shugart was in being more aggressive, had more of the ball. You just saw tons of Sosa crosses. Sasha had one that he a header that one of his famous kind of like a, a golf shot chip shot that lobbed towards the goal. And you're like, Oh, it's going to go in. It was just over the bar. Uh, the 76th minute, the 77th minute. Sosa cornered a uh, Sasha. He just missed just wide kind of a, a laser header there. And then the last 15 minutes, I thought it was all Stuttgart. And I, I agree with you, John. I thought Stuttgart's starting to pick it up. They're starting to find their rhythm a little bit. Going back to what you said in the first half of the game, though, is when Sosa had that cross into uh, Sasha and it hit him on the uh, on the rear end, as we say on this podcast. This is for children. <laughs> the arse. The arse, yeah. And then as the match went on, those crosses tended to get better. Kalijic's reaction tended to get better. And I think what Sven Mislintot set up the game is true is that, listen, we should have gotten three points. We wanted three points, but we've got a lot of guys who are working their way back into form. And I think you could almost see that during the match as the second half went on. Um, Josh, any thoughts on you know, uh, the play of Sosa, the play of Kalijic? Uh, we saw Baez come on. We saw Tavidi come on. Yeah, going in the, in the halftime, you're looking at the stats on the, on the TV and – Stuttgart's kind of winning some of the categories. Now shots, we need to get some more shots. Possession's still looking good in our favor. We're, we're getting the possession we need. We just need the chance creation. 10 minutes in, uh, Ito's got to make a big clearance. Mm-hmm. Ito just played out of his mind too today. Right. Um, and this was one of those, this was one of those kind of scary moments where the first player goes down in the box. But this is a this is a play by Ito where he makes the play. Like he gets the ball first. Like he he's sliding in, he gets a ball, I think, with his with his left cleat there takes the man out a little bit. He just goes straight up, kind of puts his hand up like, no, we're good. We're good. Yeah. That guy's, so, so you're like, okay. Phew. And then shoot right before this transition moment, Travis, that you talked about. And I think this is probably that turning point was what 50, 54, 55th minute. Mm-hmm. I would say this is, this is, this is my play. This is my play of the game. This is my save of the game. Oh, it's yeah. that Mangala nightmare back pass to Anton. And I don't know what's kind of going through his head there. I'm sure he has plenty more options. And we see that later because right after this play, Stencil makes this Hollywood pass mm-hmm. cross field, probably 50 yard ball all the way over to find Souza on the left side. So they, they do start finding better angles after this point, mm-hmm. but this back pass, Oh, and, and, and they're showing this from every angle. They got the little camera like on the <laughs> goalpost that shows this. And you're just like, Oh no. Yeah. Cause you, cause, cause you see uh, with, with that Hergolza, mm-hmm. um, it's it just, just like oh thank you very much just cherry picks the ball <laughs> yeah cherry picks the ball right away from from anton maybe anton can slide in and do that but maybe maybe he misses it and he's not able to recover because anton is kind of the savior right it, it, moments after this and, and it just kind of it's it's playing in slow motion in my head you're just like <laughs> no no yep. no 
because this, you know, you're passing this to the best player in the other team, and he's right there. Yep. 10 yards out from goal, takes one touch. All he has to do is chip this over Mueller, and he does a pretty good job. I think it's a left-footed chip. He gets mm-hmm. under it, puts a little bit of backspin. Um, Mueller, instead of trying – he gets low. He gets down on one knee, and, and um, he does this amazing play, just genius goalkeeping here, where he <laughs> swipes his hand across. Instead mm-hmm. of just keeping one hand up, he swipes it across. And I think it's just his ring finger that makes contact with the oh, ball, okay. slows it down just enough. And um, it, 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 this, this ball is going over his head. This chip ball is going over his head. It's destined for the goal. It slows down the backspin just enough that Anton whew, slides in probably a yard from the goal line yeah. and clears it out. Now, he almost clears it back into the arse of Mueller. <laughs> Mueller's kind of going like, whoop. He's kind of got to move out a little bit. But that was that was just like another one of those like heartbeat moments and another yeah. moment that like, shoot, we've survived this. We better not lose. Mm-hmm. And we probably should we probably should win. You know, karma, <laughs> the soccer gods kind of gave us a little bit of out there. Because you really, yeah, if you look at this performance, it it it, it doesn't it doesn't come up to standard. Like you, yes, you do want points out of this game and, and you, and you look at the points table after this. Yeah. You're a little bit better, but yeah, you, you've got to, you've got to get the wins here. Um, you did. Yes. Stuttgart was definitely the, the, the aggressor after that moment. And you had that header from, uh, from Sasha that just went wide. Um, he just got to snap. He just got to snap it a little bit more. And I think, yeah, getting him back into that rotation, Getting the game speed back is going to help them out a little bit more. And we were talking about the Souza crosses not being quite where they needed to be. Winning lots of corners. Yeah. We're getting enough corners to kind of put in there too. Just nothing seems that dangerous. So, yeah, it was the, the match goes on. A, like you said, after that was the bad Mangala pass and the Anton save was about the 54th minute or so. And then from that point forward, it seemed like Stugard was, was on the aggressive. A lot of crosses into the box. Sosa was doing his thing. Kalajic was trying to do his thing. Um, there were some substitutions that went on. Baez, at the 89th minute, had that shot in the box uh, that you thought was going to be a goal. Uh, it just, just wide. Let me ask you guys uh, about two players here, because uh, we actually had a listener question. Flabby Viking, amazing name, by the way, for his Twitter, asked the question about uh, Furich and basically why. And so I was looking on Reddit and Twitter, and people were pretty critical of uh, three players. Uh Endo or four players, Endo, Mangala, Forster, and Furich. Jens, let's talk to you real quick. Of those four, any thoughts on which one has been maybe the, the, the most promising or kind of, I know a lot of fans were excited about Furich being healthy going into the second half of the season. And a lot of fans are disappointed because it didn't look like he did much yesterday. What, I mean, he was brought in basically to be a poor man's Nico Gonzalez. And I don't know. Yeah, thoughts. You know, the first half of the season, Chris Fury, he was uh, he showed some good, good um, assets there, and then he got hurt. Mm. So there was not much time for him to prove himself yet. He didn't have to risen down yet, and mm. I think the second half of the season, he will he will show some good improvement. We need a guy like this. He can play. I don't know. He's he's talented guy. I think it was a good move. Eto, I think he's. Uh, he becomes more and more the midfielder guy we need too. You know, he's stable. Mangala, he he might be a little bit on the on the edge. You know, mm, okay. From all those four, I think Mangala might be the 
the weakest one, you know? Really interesting. What about um? It yeah. was interesting. What about that other one you had? It was uh, one oh. more. Huh? Uh, yeah. So you had uh, Endo, you had Mangala, you had Furich, you had Forrester. Um, we're kind of the four players that got uh, a lot of Christmas. I, the one thing that was nice when Massimo came out, Furich was able to move over to his side of the pitch and play where he had been playing. So Jens, I, I think I agree with you. The nice thing with uh, Furich is he's got that flexibility to where he can play multiple play positions almost everywhere. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's kind of nice. Let's let's. So the end of the match is a draw, and I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on this. And Jens, we'll start with you, then we'll go with Josh. All right. So the stats-wise, Josh, you're 100% correct. It's like this match was all Stuttgart. We had more uh, XG. We had more shots, more corners, more uh, possession, more pass accuracy, one more duels. But Jens, kicker, you know, the German website that does a lot of the analysis of the matches wrote this as the title of it. It's like their analysis of it. Quote, the late awakening Stuttgart has to make friends with the relegation battle. The Schwabens couldn't get past a 0-0 draw, but it could have been much worse. So what is your final thought on that? Is, is statistically, the team won everything, right? But according like to always, the, Most of the time, we always dominate the games. But according to, but, the, uh, yeah, according to the eye test, we almost lost that one. What do you think that's right. fair, foul, true, or false? Uh, fair. <laughs> I, I can't disagree with you. Jeff, who is on this podcast a lot, he's a Cologne fan. Um, he kind of goes by the eye test more than the stats. And I agree. It's like as much as I thought that we were going to maybe pull out a late win. It would have been one of those wins that was kind of ugly and dirty. And um, right. that was important, but Furt looked good uh, or we look bad, Josh. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? You, you kind of look at, at the end of that game. And to me, it's just a little, a little too little too late because they, they did, they did kind of pack, pack in the, the, the growth of defense pretty well. And you go back to that 80th minute when it was just utter calamity in the box. And I think it was uh, Stenzel who put this beautiful cross in, turned shot um, that, uh, that uh, uh, Burkett had to kind of put uh, a finger on and it comes off the post, comes off the crossbar, back down. Indo's got a turn. Indo had a pretty good couple of turns in the game and he broke the midfield's <laughs> line a couple of times too. Just wasn't that strong. Wasn't able to get a really good shot on goal today. He turns it, it pops out, and it, it, it falls to uh, Furich, who actually shoots it into Indo's ass again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, it's just like, yeah, like the things, the pieces weren't falling into place like they needed to. Um, you're still winning the free kicks, and you can't put them on frame. You can't find a head. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be a little bit, yeah, at the end of the day, the stats are going to, are going to favor a team that's working hard and Stuttgart's always a hard working team. Right. They're, they're, they're going to keep getting those that, that they're going to keep winning possession. And same thing too. If you look at all just the league in itself, Stuttgart is right there middle of the table in terms of, of possession passing. It's all Stuttgart. That's the thing. Like Stuttgart's a pretty sharp team when they want to be. Yeah. It, it, it seems to me it's all there. It's just, the result, the thing that's a little disappointing is a team like Dortmund, a team like Bayern, um, they know when they're not playing their best, they can still get that late goal in the 85th minute to, to get a victory, right? And for Stuttgart, I'm not saying that Stuttgart's 
in that realm at all. But a, a good a quality team is able to get that you know that passivity had to to Kalijic is able to get that in or the the Baez goal is able to get that in is able to find three points out of nothing and that's one of the disappointing things here is that we're just not able to to do that uh there I agree with Jens yeah the draw was fair in this one hey the good news is we moved up the table so we went from 16 to 15 thanks to Hoffenheim who I'm sure Jens can can confirm Hoffenheim is everybody's favorite uh team in Baden-Württemberg is that right Jens yes (laughs) <laughs> right. So Hoffenheim did us a solid by beating Augsburg up pretty good. So that's that's good news. Even though uh, you know Augsburg started that kid Pepe or didn't start it, he played uh, thirty minutes uh, for Augsburg. So I'm sure that's a you know close to home for you guys a little bit. Uh, but we, we know we know we know Pepe very well. Pepe playing for Dallas when mm-hmm. they played against Austin. I think he's I think he probably scored a couple goals. <laughs> and also in one of his early debuts for the United States national team, which was the qualifier against Jamaica here in Austin, Texas. Uh, he's, he scored in that game too. So yeah, yeah. We, we know Pepe pretty well. That's one of the games I'm looking forward to too, when we play Augsburg. Yeah. Hopefully he scores a goal, but we score four. So it all works yes. out there. And then Billefeld got that late draw versus Freiburg, which is disappointing. So Billefeld is still one point behind us. So February, the month of January is going to be kind of interesting. We were all hoping to get three points out of first. So as we wrap up the uh, first couple parts of this podcast, let's get your thoughts on the next match. Jens, we are heading uh, home versus that, Leipzig. that little club Leipzig, right? Who just put a beat down on Mainz. What are your thoughts going into that one? Three, one for us. <laughs> <laughs> if we can beat the little teams, we beat the big ones. Ah, I like it. That's, is that the uh, Schwaben positivity there? Is that what that is? Yes, 3-1. <laughs> Josh, how early does Yen start drinking? That's my question to you. <laughs> <laughs> how early is too early is the question. <laughs> Josh, what about you? Do you have the same positivity your uh, your Texas brother has? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with a 2-1 win here. It's, it's hard to see Leipzig not scoring goals, but Stuttgart are a team that rise to the occasion. And if you look at last season, you know, being Dortmund like they did. And, you know, um, yeah, you're, you're, you're sometimes beating the good teams and you're losing to like Bielefeld or some random, right. something like that, you know, like, so, so like, I, I think Stuttgart do kind of rise and lower to expectations. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm positive. You need the points, you know, Stuttgart's, I, I think they got to turn it on. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to go back to training. They're, they're going to have this zero, zero in their heads. And you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to put some rubber to the road if you're really going to make this last half of the season count and get out clear of this relegation zone. Because, like I said, the stats say that they're a mid-table team and they're not quite there. So I, I think if they they really put together, put some more chances out there, raise that expected goals. Yeah, you're 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 going to get kind of where you need to go. Yeah. Yeah, the, the nice thing is the table is so compact right now that you put together, like Josh, you said earlier, just a little winning streak, two, three matches. All of a sudden, you go from 15th up to like eighth. Yeah, so that's a nice thing. If we can put together, it's just we haven't been able to do it. I, yeah, I'm not as optimistic as you guys are uh, going into the Leipzig match, but I do think with another match of seasoning and another match of, of getting everybody on the same page, and then please – soccer gods keep this team healthy for the Freiburg match I like our chances against Freiburg even though Freiburg's played amazing this season they they punched above their weight a bit I think but 
I could see us getting some big points out of that match. Um, if everybody's healthy and if we get another match of, of, of some game time, the fact that Kalajic was able to play 90 minutes yesterday is amazing, right? That that's big. That's big for us. Um, getting Dino back Sosa, you know, if he's playing well, so I like our chances against that Freiburg match. What about, well, uh, that, two- that's positivity. That's positivity in itself. Cause Freiburg's playing for that champions league spot, man. They're, they're, they're not going to go down. Yeah, very I, lightly there. I got to my uh, the, one of our co-hosts. Austin's a Freiburg fan, and I've I basically kicked uh, him off. Kicked him off the podcast since they've been winning. So, yeah, I have a friend here in in, in New Braunfels. He's a Freiburg fan too. You know what? I want to dislike him and dislike Freiburg, but who dislikes Freiburg? It, it's not possible. It's a what they do with the, the budget they have. It's amazing. You know? They have a right, and I I think this goes to what uh, Josh you said is. We're so up and down, and, and, and Jens, you said it earlier that this is what we do. We have a good season, and then we have a season where we're almost relegated. Um, Freiburg's just steady. They know what they are. They know what they need to do, and um, they have a particular mentality that kind of keeps them keeps them up. Speaking of staying up, uh, Jens, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on the next 16 match days and the rest of the season? And then the second part of the question is, when all is said and done after match day 34, where do you think this team will finish? You know, there's always like, let's see, for example, look, look at Frankfurt when they started. Frankfurt this season, terrible. Mm. Look where they're at now. Sixth, fifth. I think we can do something good, maybe not as good. We finish on 14. I'll take that in a second. Josh, what about you? Man, 14 is still all right. 14 is still all right. But man, like I said, if you're, if you're going to put together a winning streak, I think you can still beat that mark. Uh, I'm looking forward to that March 19th Augsburg game. Mm. Always look forward to a Dortmund game. That's April 9. And probably after that point, we'll kind of know the fate there. Cause so the, so the FC Bayern <laughs> game on May 7th probably won't matter too much outside of posterity, but <laughs> I, you, you've got to put a string of, of, of you got to put a little win streak. And even if it's two games in a row to win mm-hmm. and it's not next game, where's it going to come? I guess I'm not quite sure, but. That's that's essentially what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think we're in a little bit of trouble, which I don't think takes a genius to figure out. Um, we got to pick up some points somewhere, and whether it's Leipzig, whether it's Freiburg, whether it's you know wherever, we got to get a, a few points to get us out of this spot. But if you're going to predict a, a table finish, Josh, uh, Jens said 14th. What are you taking? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go lucky 13. <laughs> <laughs> Always one better than Jens there. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So I'm actually going to wrap this segment up with a new segment that we just came up with. So every I like to put uh, people on the spot a little bit. So this is the segment we're going to call this is talk Travis off the ledge. All right. So I was texting my buddies during the match. I was like, that's it. We're getting relegated. We're going down to the third division. It's over. It's over. So usually during the match, I, I get pretty pessimistic and pretty negative. And my buddies are like, listen, you need to not jump off the bridge right now. It's going to be okay. So Josh, don't do, was, don't do it. Don't do it. Right. Josh, for this segment of talk, Travis off the ledge, we're going to wrap up with some positivity. Give me a reason to not jump off that bridge and be positive as we head into the rest of the season. Okay. Wait, is this like a theoretical bridge? Or is this like a real bridge? <laughs> I'm just, just, just asking, just asking. Just ask clean- bridges and clear. No, there's no elevation here. So if I jumped off a bridge, I'd like twist an ankle (laughs) pretty pretty much. Okay. So so that's good to know going into this. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for your concern. (laughs) 
Uh, no, 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 no. Definitely don't, 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 don't walk off the ledge. Don't, don't, don't fall off the bridge because (laughs) Stuttgart, listen, Stuttgart's a team. They're always going to have some good talent come through Mm. and, and you just don't know what it's going to be. Um, Stuttgart's also a good wheeling and dealing team. You're going to make some deals. You're going to get rid of sometimes uh, good players like Kobel. And oh, I was shed a tear for Kobel. I was <sighs> watching the, the the post-match interview with Kobel after the Dortmund. And uh, he's just he, – he's talking about this team mentality. And just like Jens was talking about earlier, how he led from the back and, and, mm. and really commanded the team. And, and he's, he's still doing that. You know, ah, it hurts to lose. Yeah, that was a tough one. Lose a player like that. But hey, I mean, you have seen some bright spots with Mueller. Uh, yesterday's match um, was was kind of a testament to that. He's mm-hmm. he's able to to come up big on the and the two biggest yeah chances of the game were for were for Firth and and he was essentially a savior in both of those moments. So I mean. <laughs> You're gonna have a you're gonna have to have a really good defense if you're gonna push out some points and and move up the table for the rest of the season. And I think I, I think that's a bright spot. Um, I think the defense is pretty solid too. Okay. Um, if, if you keep playing this this system and, and you keep finding Souza on the on the left side, I think it was more than fifty percent of the game that they attacked on that left side and they yeah. found him almost every time. And once once he starts taking players on one and one, he generally wins those and uh Forrester kind of turned it on a little bit too during the game and once he started taking on I think sometimes he's just too much of a nice guy you know <laughs> he, he should be more of an arse himself because you know, when he started taking on players towards the end of the first half um on the right side he beat a few players and created some chances and he's able to dish the ball into Indo and Indo does his thing so I, I, yeah yeah don't 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 jump off the bridge just yet all right, all right. So Jens, we'll wrap up with you. Is is Josh is giving me some uh, positive notes about the the goalkeeping, the defense, Sosa. Jens, you're the, you're my last hope here, man. Uh, keep me from uh, from walking off walking off the sidewalk ledge. How's that? I'll make it short and sweet. If you jump off the cliff, you can't see the the transformation of Lilian Egloff. He will be the next Joshua Kimmich. If you oh. jump off, you don't see his progress going. So that's it. I'm like, actually, that is going to help keep me around too because I've heard so much of this kid. And if you're right. you're not familiar, he's a young kid, Egloff. Everybody was crazy excited that he got match time, uh, even though he only played a couple minutes uh, in the, the match on Saturday. So every, he's just been super injury prone, but everybody's pumped that this kid is hopefully knock on wood healthy and to see him develop. So, all right, right. listen. Guys, I'm going to stay on the on the sidewalk. I'm not going to jump off the ledge. Uh, thanks to uh, <laughs> thanks to your positivity here, um, and also thanks so much for for popping on, Jens. Any last words? Uh, let's beat Leipzig. <laughs> three three to one, like you said, Josh. Any last words? Yes. Uh, I'll echo that. Yeah, let, let's get a win streak here going, baby. And uh, just to, thanks for having us on. Thanks for having us. Uh, Welcome and talk to all the Stuttgart Americana people from all across yes, the world. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, a huge thanks, Travis, for just the, the way you help bring Stuttgart fans together, because oh. I know it's a labor of love. We uh, we've done some podcasting down here in Austin, you know, to, when MLS was kind of brewing and, and a, it, it's definitely uh, even trying to schedule us was kind of a kind of a crazy <laughs> thing because 
we're, we're Jens and I are kind of in the Santa Claus business and we're busy around the holidays. So, you know, just, just thanks for what you do. Uh, I've really enjoyed the episodes having all the guys from all around on and, and talking Stuttgart and, and to, and to really see the passion that's out there on this, on this side of the world, you know, um, just like you were talking about in your Twitter post, you know, we're probably the furthest, uh, <laughs> furthest, uh, at, at least, group that you've contacted you yep. know from Stuttgart itself so you know I, I'm sure there's plenty more out there and, th and this podcast is going to be that medium that finds it all and it is sort of random I, I I have seen a couple of random Stuttgart jerseys around Austin Texas itself too so they're out there you just got to be able to to find them and, and obviously welcome them. you know that's one of the best feelings when, when you're wearing yeah. a shirt and they're wearing a shirt and you go up and, and buy them a beer or something like that so yeah just just <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for your passion and your love for the game, man. Well, no, I, I appreciate once again, uh, one of our guests reading the cue card <laughs> to, that we gave him to, uh, to uh, give us false praise here. No, but no, it's like you said, it's awesome to meet up with uh, Bundesliga fans in general. Um, you can't walk into the grocery store without running into a Bayern fan. So it's nice to run into a Stuttgart fan. It's been great talking to everybody all across the country uh, about the club and about how they're doing and giving their different origin stories and all that stuff. So, you know, right now I, I don't have my yens. Yeah. I, I'm looking for my yens up in Cleveland so I can find somebody to, to meet, meet up with and buy a beer and all this, this took a weird twist. Now it sounds like a Tinder commercial or something. So <laughs> edit that out too, but no guys, it's been a blast. Uh, hopefully your words come true and we get that big win versus Leipzig and we get back on the winning streak. Um, guys, thanks again. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next time. Cool. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> Auf Wiedersehen. Welcome back to part three of Valkyrie Stuttgart Americana. Thanks again to Josh and Jens for giving us some uh, much-needed positivity on the podcast as they talked me off the ledge a little bit and gave us a Texas view of what uh, – some Stuttgart fans in Texas think of how the club is doing. But back in part uh, three of the podcast, we're going to answer some listener questions with a guy who has never been accused of too much positivity. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm feeling a little more positive than I imagine Rob is. Uh, <laughs> I think he's stolen the negativity mantle from me. But I'm doing all right, Travis. Okay. Well, well, thanks for joining us for the question part. And I think it's as we are moving into the second half of the season, things are starting to get a little... Uh, people are starting to get a little grippy. People are starting to get a little edgy. And some of the questions that we got this week, um, I think, kind of show that. And I don't know, but there's more questions this week than we've ever had before. So maybe this podcast is just a natural funnel for negativity here. So I think people are just catching on to the awesomeness that is <laughs> FAWP Americana. We did just get our 283rd follower. And these, I'm pretty sure it's a Russian robot. <laughs> 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 it, it has zero followers and it's uh it was telling me to do something with cryptocurrency so <laughs> I'm gonna dive so, into that. so did you do it uh well let's just say the kids are hoping that uh that pans out because college <laughs> is <in. laughs> all right let's talk about the questions as we've got some good ones uh joe at blue underscore has frequent contributor to the program uh, he asks, who was your strongest player in the game against Furt and who was your weakest player? Matt, based on what you saw, who is the strongest, who is the weakest? I felt like Endo was probably 
our best player in that game. He was tracking back a lot, uh, doing a lot to help the defense out, trying to move the ball forward. Um, but we, we didn't get a whole lot of ball movement going forward in general. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't have too much to complain about for Endo. What about your weakest player? Um, everybody who was anywhere within 20 yards of the net. Um, just, I, I hate, I hate to say Sasa cause he was just back. Um, and Furish was just back and I don't usually think of Furster as a offensive force, but the three of those guys, they, it felt like everybody wanted to force the ball to Sasa so he could get his, a big goal and his big return. And that ended up in nobody shooting at all. And Sasa just, he looked rusty, which I totally get. Yeah, for me, it was, uh, the strongest player for me was Sosa. Everything that happened positive on the offensive end went down his side. He was, it was almost similar to that match last year when he single-handedly had a player subbed out who was trying to guard him because he was just making some moves and he was doing everything on that left side. I think he had 19 crosses in the game from what BotMob is one of the websites that keeps track of that stuff said. Um, only five of them were accurate, I guess, but I guess he, he keeps shooting. Eventually, one's going to go in. Kicker had Sosa as the, the, the man of the match. Mob had Sosa as the third highest ranked player. So for me, it was Sosa. He, and I've got a theory on him that I'm going to hold off for a few episodes. That's a teaser, by the way, that is both positive and a little bit concerning for the club. For me, the weakest player was we've been pretty high on him the last few weeks is Forster. He just, um, I didn't see much there. He was invisible a bit. And usually you see, and I don't know if that's a strength of the team or weakness that when things are going well, he tends to get noticed a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's great, but uh, yeah, Kicker had him as, as the lowest uh, player as well as Massimo and Botmob had Forster as the lowest player as well. I just didn't, I didn't see much of him and uh, Roberto Massimo, who I've liked a lot, just coming off that ankle injury and he was kind of invisible as well. So yeah, Joe, those uh, Sosa, I think was, it was pretty strong. Endo was pretty strong. Forster though, uh, you know, back to the drawing board, you know, for him. Usually when you're right, when we're playing good, usually Forster makes two or three plays that makes you go really Forster's doing that. <laughs> and it just comes as a shock. And he, yeah, he was invisible. Um, yeah. Massimo was completely invisible. Uh, not the normal agent of chaos we see, but yeah, Sosa, your point on that, there were a couple of really nice crosses he put in that legitimately got me saying, whoa, that was great yeah. in a game that didn't have a whole lot of that. Yeah, well, I, I guess, I, you know, teaser be damned. The, um, my, my concern <laughs> is that everything that seems to be positive for the team on an offensive end is one one strategy, one one guy, it's Sosa. And I think Rob might have said it during our kind of uh, Rook Runda preview is, you know, what is the MVP of the team going to be or the most important player going forward? And he said Sosa's left foot. And it just seems like the team is going to live or die by how he does. And that's both good because he's a really great player, but it's also concerning because if he's not doing his thing, um, where are we going to get crosses from? Where are we going to get goals from? So, yeah, so I think it's great that he was – you know, the player of the match, according to kicker, but I do think there's some concern there that we're very one-dimensional, I guess is what I'm trying to sputter on about is, and, and there are a lot of teams that are one-dimensional. That's not necessarily a bad thing. 
he's kind of the engine that is driving everything on the offensive end right now. We haven't scored a goal in three games. So, so let me bring a little bit of positivity to that. Um, okay. I, I agree. We are one dimensional and I felt, especially in the last game, you know, we're trying to force the ball to Sosa to force the ball to Sasa. Um, but also like last year we saw where there were some other options. Sosa was the primary weapon and he was the weapon of choice, but we had other guys who could do other things. And all of those guys have been out either hurt or with COVID. And so we're going to fall back to the one, you know, when you only know how to do a handful of things, you're going to fall back to the thing you know how to do best um, when you're up against the wall. And right now we are firmly up against the wall. Yeah, that's a fair point. Is it that one thing that we do, we do very, very well. So it's just a matter of getting some of that rust off, I think. Uh, the third player who was ranked as the weakest player of the match was Furich, uh, both by FontMob and Kicker. And this gets us to our next question. Robin, at Flabby Viking, which is still my favorite Twitter handle so far, asked a question, two questions. Why, Furich, <laughs> asking him that. And then secondly, asks Sven and uh, Mata, you know, why Furich? Robin continues and says, I have no answers to either question other than size and groans. What are your thoughts on, on Furich? And, uh, I, I like Furich a lot. I feel like he's been a really um, positive impact on the team. Um, but he was not good on Saturday. And I, I, I was wondering during the match if maybe he didn't come back a little earlier than he should have, if it wouldn't have been beneficial to give him uh, a week of health and full training before putting him on the field. But he just he didn't look like he was running at 110%. He didn't look like uh, he was thinking the game at the normal speed he does. And Virch's big benefit is usually that he's out there, he's fast, he moves a lot, and he makes the other team make hard choices. And he wasn't making anybody do anything on Saturday. No, he reminded me of Steven Zuber from a couple seasons ago. A lot of pace, but just kind of runs up and down pitch. And that's not what we really saw in the first half of the season. He seemed to be really good on the ball, really good. Mm -hmm. His flexibility is is really impressive. When I think Massimo came out, they moved Furich over to his side. So he's got the pace, but it just seemed, going back to something you said earlier about uh, Kalajic, it just seemed rusty. It just seemed like he wasn't, yeah. uh, he was a step behind there. So I don't know who else Matarazzo could go with in that spot there. That's the other thing I kept, I was looking at, and I messaged you about this. Like, I feel like we need to make a change, but who, you know, you look at the bench and it's like, eh. yeah. like there are well, a couple steps up from having you and I there. <laughs> well, Rob's the only one who actually plays. So actually <laughs> we're right behind Rob on the depth chart. Yeah. I, I, cool. Bali's made the only guy you could have put in Furich there. Jens from part one and two of, of this podcast said, listen, uh, Furich needs time. He's just, he's been hit with injury. He's been hit. Throughout the first half of the season, he needs some time. And I think to what you said is maybe this match and maybe the Leipzig match are the matches that knock the rust off. So when we get into that Freiburg match that I'm really hopeful for, he's he's kind of going at full speed there. But yeah, Robin, we both agree. He, he didn't look great that uh, that match. He didn't look good, but hopefully it's a little bit of rust and we can get that rust, rust off him. But yeah, Robin's a little bit more positive than Captain Armadillo, which is my second favorite <laughs> name uh, at sale, Mr. Octurn one. Uh, he has a question that a lot of people, uh, more and more people are starting to ask is quote, what do we do now that the strong comeback in second half of the season when Sasha is back turned out to be a pipe dream? 
if you want to stay up, you must dominate Ert. If you don't, you won't. So I like the rhyme there. I think he's bottling the emotions that a lot of us felt going into that match that for the most part, outside of Dino and Silas, we had the lineup we wanted and we're playing the worst team in possibly the history of the Bundesliga. I think all our hopes and dreams were, listen, we get Kalajic out there and magic's going to happen. That magic didn't happen. What are your thoughts on that? I, I think it's rest. Like we all, even I had this hope that we'd get out there and all of a sudden we'd see the, the Stuttgart from last season ripping up and down the field. And even if we weren't quite to that level yet, facing Furt would be a good opportunity to knock some of that rust off. And I think we just had more rust than any of us realized. And it's probably fortunate that we were playing Furt so that we could get a nil-nil draw on a game that Stuttgart played very poorly in. Yeah. Um, Cause if we played a better team, um, you know, Union would have kicked the living tar out of us in that match. I was almost thinking the opposite. I was like, I almost wish we would have played Leipzig just to get this match out of the way. Because it, it, I think the theme of our answers to everybody's question, a rust, it just, Furich was coming back. Sosa was coming back. Kalajic was coming back. All these guys are coming back and they just didn't have it. And, it, yeah. you know, and if you're going to play, I think most of us in our heart of hearts, except for Jens and Josh, who predicted a big victory versus Leipzig, are, are thinking this is going to be a tough match this weekend. So part of me thought, uh, let's just get the tough match out of the way, knock the rust off. So when we go against Furt, we're more of a well-oiled machine, but wasn't meant to be. That The thing I think some of us are getting frustrated with, but what else are you going to say? Sven Mislintat said that some of the players, quote, just need a game or two, end quote, and that it's a natural process. And I think that is 100% accurate based on what yeah. we saw. I think it's 100% frustrating based on – but like you said, we're up against the wall and we just have to fight through this. As much as saying the word process is an ugly word, especially to NFL fans, because we hear that all the time from NFL coaches. Yeah. It is just that. You've got a lot of young kids and a lot of these kids are coming back from injury. And what is the other option, I guess? Yeah, it feels, feels like we had a couple of proven commodities coming into this year uh, with Silas and Sasa and Sosa and other people whose names start with us. Miss <laughs> um, Lintot's big on alliteration. Uh, <clears throat> but we're, we're counting on those commodities to provide us some fireworks. And we, as fans, need to remember that all of those guys have missed significant time due to injury or due to COVID exposure. And so we didn't have that. We've been playing with our B or C team at times. And as much as it sucks, like we kind of just got to, shrug our shoulders and hang in there. I, I think it's a good thing that people like us aren't running the team because we get a little reactionary <laughs> and panic a little bit. And Mislintot's been very measured and very even. And long-term, that's good for us. And like having Furish long-term is really good for us. In the short-term, yeah, he's sucking right now, but he he's going to get better because he's better. And we know that because we've seen it out of him. We just got to try and be a little bit patient right now. Yeah, and that's such a difficult thing to do. But it's just amazing. Had we, I mean, really, you look at the season so far, if we would have just held on to that lead against Berlin and done what we probably should have done against Ferg, that's four points. And that doesn't sound like much, but if you look at the table, all of a sudden, we're not having this angst about being in the relegation battle, even though we would still mathematically be there. So 
Yeah, I think it's the process. I, I agree with what you're saying. I agree with what Sven's saying. It's just frustrating at this point to not be able to get the results that we were hoping to get to at least get the second half of the season start off on the right, uh, kind of the right foot here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our last question comes from uh, Ted at Teddy BFB. He asks, quote, are there any, and I like how he qualified this, realistic players you'd like to see Valfi bring in during the January transfer window at Zvet SCGE. Uh, respond and said, listen, we don't have any, any money. And Sven Mislintak came out and said, listen, we feel like we've got newcomers with us every week. Silas should join us next week. That's enough newcomers. Uh, Dino should be back as well. So let's, I, I, I think we all agree that the, the team's not going to bring in anybody. You know, this isn't like a Mario yeah. Gomez situation where they're going to bring in somebody like that. But let's, if it's fair to rephrase Ted's question, what do you think about the type of player you think this team needs? Um, based on the, the current roster or, or who we, we have, but just the type of, of player you think needs to be in that starting 11. Anybody who likes to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many opportunities on Saturday where uh, the ball got into dangerous spots. And, and I, again, I think it was because people were trying to force the ball to uh, Sasa mm -hmm. and get him his big welcome back goal. Um, but there, you know, Furich had an opportunity. Furster had a couple opportunities. Massimo had one or two where we're in the box or right at the top of the box, and we're just not shooting the ball. And I think some of that's going to come as, you know, the the first game back for some of these guys is out of the way now, going to knock some of the rust off. Uh, Silas likes to shoot the ball. Um, we get a couple guys back. Usually Massimo will shoot, but he he didn't. So I I think. To, to refrain, I'm even starting to get bored of, but we just need to be a little bit patient. <laughs> and like, it's going to come. Yeah. The process, that, that beautiful word, the process. Trust the process. Yeah. I think we need a player, and this goes some, I think maybe we all said, maybe give you credit for this last, at the very beginning of the season, is we need somebody on the right side to take attention away from what we do on the left side. And I think we all agree that's going to be Silas when he comes back. Um, I think we're just, we're so one dimensional right now. And at least we have that one dimension, which is fine. Yeah. But when this team was really humming, you had Sosa going down the wing and you had Silas causing damage on the other wing. And I think if we can bring that back, we can get some kind of attention on the right hand side. Because um, Massimo really took a step back, I think, which was disappointing because he, he was really trending in the right direction. So if we can get some attention on that right-hand side, and whether that's Silas, whether that's um, people are excited about Egloff coming back uh, from injury finally, whether that's Furich on that side, whatever the case may be. But I think if we can get somebody on that side, the process will come into play, and you know we'll start to get some of the results that uh, that we're looking there, uh, looking to get there. So, you know, those are my thoughts there. Sorry to everybody who asked a question. I don't think we provided any answers other than just calm down. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be okay, uh, which. Matt knows me well enough to know that I'm probably the worst person at all to say calm down. <laughs> Thank goodness for the 24-hour rule. But so like, let's look at the table right now, right? We have 18 points, and right ahead of us is Wolfsburg with 20. And then the next team's up are 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 27, 28, and we're into the European slots. So we're right in the thick of this. The, the table is so cluttered at the middle. It's not like we've put ourselves so behind the eight ball that we can't get out. And we're 
probably not going to beat Leipzig this weekend, but if we can put up a good fight and show that we've got some of that rust off, uh, that'll put us in a good position for the next game and, you know, get a couple wins. Things will be looking a lot different. Yeah. So look at us turning all positive here. Uh, just get some rust off, get some experience here. And that's all you can rely on at this point. I think it's just, I understand everybody's frustration. I'm frustrated too, is that, yeah. Uh, every time we think we're turning the, the corner and getting guys back, we're losing guys. And um, unless the Australian courts allow our COVID players to start playing, like they're apparently going to allow Novak Djokovic to play, uh, we just we need a little bit of luck. We need a, bit, a little bit of health, and I think we'll be all right. So I just I'm thinking about this from like compare it to previous years where we were in the dumpster. Like there is hope, and one of the reasons we're so frustrated is because we know how much better this team can be and because we've seen these players perform better and that it's really easy to see that it's tied to injury and time missed due to COVID, that it's not a, a system failure or the players being disinterested. Um, we're just, we've got the worst luck of any professional sporting team in the world. I mean, even the Lions beat the Packers last weekend. So anything like, can happen. Right. Anything, yeah, anything's possible. <laughs> well, speaking of anything possible, let's go into our predictions because we are possibly terrible at this as well. <laughs> uh, last week I ended up winning six and three. Everybody else went four and five. Austin still has a lead, 82 wins to 71 losses. Matt, I bumped you. I've got 76 wins now to your 74, and Jeff <sighs> is still in the relegation zone with 72. Um, tip kick took the week off. So we'll see if we'll have that return. Probably not. Let's move into match day 19. So we've got Stuttgart. We've already alluded to, they're going to host Leipzig. Um, this has been a rough one in the seven matches. These two clubs have played Valfi is, but one draw, that's it. And six losses. The goal differential is minus 12. Valfi's got one goal scored by the great Steven Zuber, who's playing in Greece right now. So, Steve, if you're not doing anything, maybe we can have you come back for this. But we do lead in yellow and red cards, so take that. Yeah. Uh, we also lead in not having coaches fired. Leipzig's on their second coach so far. Leipzig's having a rough season, ninth on the table, but they're coming off that 4-1 win over Mainz. Uh, we are 15th on the table. The spread for this one is Val FB plus one goal. So predictors are saying that Val FB – is probably going to lose this by a goal. So, Matt, first off, thoughts on the match, then thoughts on your prediction for the week. So Leipzig is struggling right now. And if you look at the, the quick highlights from their game against Mainz last weekend, Mainz got a red card in the 19th minute. So they were playing a man down for the whole match. Oh, I did not know that. And it was 4-1. So <clears throat> I feel like this is a Leipzig team that, we could pick off, especially if we got that rust knocked off against Furt. Um, I'm not feeling super confident right now, though. Uh, so I, I could see a 1-1 draw or even a 2-1 loss. So you're getting one goal in this. It sounds like you're going to take the home team. Uh, you know what? Let's do it. I'll take the home team. I'm being captain positive today. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not stupid. <laughs> yeah, I'll be plus one. Um, I'm going to take... Boy, I didn't realize Mainz had that red card and because uh, Leipzig has been been struggling a bit. I'm going to go Leipzig in this one minus the goal. I think this is our match that's going to be similar to the Dortmund match that um, kind of launched us into some good results for about uh, a month. I think this is where we get the rust off. I think it's going to be a tough 
Um, I think it's gonna be a tough loss. I think Leipzig is a better team, but I think this is the match where we kind of get all our players back. We get our full roster back. We see our best lineup, and then we go against Freiburg. And I, I'm oddly optimistic about that match. So I'm gonna be negative, Travis, on this one. I'm gonna take Leipzig minus the goal. But I think this is going to be the launch pad to kind of help us going forward. Let's talk about some of the matches going forward that are going to impact us. So we're going to kind of tone down our predictions this week and just do the ones that matter to the people that might be listening to this podcast. We got Wolfsburg, who is 14th on the table and is a complete dumpster fire, versus Hertha Berlin, who looked like they had figured some things out, but they got beat up by Cologne. They are 13th on the table. Both clubs are just right within Stuttgart's uh, you know eyesight there. Hertha is getting half a goal in this one. Matt, I'm going to let you lead off because I'm struggling. This is a tough one. Uh, yeah, I'm, my gut says Wolfsburg, but then I look at it last weekend and Wolfsburg lost to Bochum um, and Hertha lost to Colm. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> which, which of these bad teams do we think will be less bad? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at looking at goal differential. Wolfsburg is better at minus 13 compared to Hertha's minus 17. And Wolfsburg is at home. So I'm going to go with the Wolves. Yeah, I'm going to take Wolfsburg as well on this one. I think Hertha's defense is a lot. I thought when Corpu came in that he would shore up the defense. If, not, if nothing else, I thought that's what he would shore up. And I watched some of that match. And um, they're playing a little bit more of an aggressive style than you and I are used to with him at the, at the helm there. So I'm going to go Wolfsburg in this one. It just seems like Hertha is leaking goals. Um, the problem is, like you said, is, is Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg hasn't won a game in forever. And they have a coach who got a team relegated the uh, year or two ago. I watched some of the end of that match, the Wolfsburg match, and those players were walking off. And it reminded me of some of the Stuttgart years where they just looked like they have no answer to any question about how to turn this thing around. So I'm taking Wolfsburg in this one, but it's more because I think Hertha is a little bit worse um, and, and Wolfsburg's at home on this. What about the next one? we got Augsburg, 16th on the table versus Frankfurt. Um, Frankfurt is minus half a goal in this one. Frankfurt is eighth on the table. Our old friend Marcus Weinzerl is in this one. Uh, the American player Pepe got 30 minutes of playing time, but Augsburg fell and they are right below us on the table. What are you thinking? I want to take Augsburg because I'm excited about Pepe and excited to see him succeed, but I just don't see him doing it. I think Frankfurt's going to take it. Yeah, I'm pretty – yeah, I agree with you on this one. It's We're all kind of waiting for Marcus Meindrill to kind of fall apart, but he's back at the club where he played – or he managed his best football. Um, they spent so much money on this kid. I'm just really curious if that's going to backfire a little bit. It's almost like a fantasy football or a fantasy manager type of move where you you, you go grab you know the highest-rated video game player. So – Frankfurt's a better team. Augsburg is struggling a bit. Augsburg has had some nice results, though, but I like Frankfurt in this one. They seem to have turned uh, some things around a little bit, even though they had a rough result this weekend. What about our last one? This is actually a huge game for us. Uh, Bielefeld is 17th on the table, but a point behind Stuttgart. They're hosting Furt, who is obviously last on the table. Furt is getting half a goal in this one. Uh, this is a big one. What do you think? I'm tempted to take Burt because they looked way better against us than I thought they would. They were much better organized than the last time I saw them. 
uh, players are moving in the same direction. Um, and they've got classic American hero, Julian Green on their team. Um, <laughs> but I also saw some stuff on Twitter saying, don't sleep on Armenia Bielefeld and making some very, very cogent arguments about how they're a lot better right now than anybody's given them any credit for. So I'm going to do what I tell people professionally not to do and trust social media uh, <laughs> and say Armenia Bielefeld. Okay. I'm going to go first in this one. I'm going to get, I'm going to get wrapped up in the idea that uh, we're so good. Then obviously because FERT tied us, we, they must be really good too. So that's, that's the rabbit hole I'm going down. And I'm desperately hoping for a FERT win or a FERT draw in this one. Just, I can't, go into 16th or seventh. oh god 17th place so I, the thing is for they've only let up two or three goals in our last four matches so they've yeah. made a conscious decision to not park the bus but shore up that defense a bit and they're not that that first that we all <laughs> knew and love at the beginning of the season so i think billfeld's gonna win this but i'm going with my heart a little bit I'm hoping for a draw, so I'm going to go, I'll go with the Clover Leafs in this one. I'll go with, uh, with that one. A, a draw would be an ideal scenario, and really, for winning would be even better. Um, but I'm just, I'm thinking Armenia is going to put them down. Yeah, this could be the, the. I don't know if uh, Gonzalo Castro, your favorite player, played last week or not. So this could be his, his introduction uh, to the team. So we'll see him score a 91st-minute goal or something like that to break our heart. Oh. No question. <laughs> Speaking of breaking hearts, Matt, let's wrap this up with what we learned. Now, as we were watching the match, Gary Preston, who does some great commentary, was effusive in his praise of Sasha Kalajic. Just what a gentleman he was, what a great guy he was. And at one point he mentioned how he was kind of the kind of guy you would like to take home to meet mom, which I thought was kind of an odd comment for a soccer match. But you know what? Who am I? So it got me thinking, Matt, about what if in our past, has there ever been a time where you were brought home with a, a significant other and you met, you know, the mom or the dad, you know, how did that experience go for you? Or did they go, yeah, you know, this Matt guy, he's, he's definitely a, a gentleman. Any kind of experience uh, like that? I, I mostly had good experiences uh, with that stuff, but I've got a slightly embarrassing story about a bad one. So I'll give you that one. Um, I, as we've talked about previously, I played hockey all growing up and uh, we weren't very good, um, but we played hard and we hit really hard. And that was kind of our role. And being a large human being, my role primarily was to hit as many people as I could, as hard as I could. And um, I was helping coach my little brother's team at the time, and one of his teammates had a sister who was my age, who was a stunner, just absolutely beautiful. Um, she was dating another guy that I played with, and her mom told me one day that the sister had a friend, and she was going to bring the friend to my game, oh. wanted me to meet her. I said, like, oh, great. So I saw the friend before the game, and beautiful, beautiful girl. Uh, I think I had six penalty minutes in that game. Um, <laughs> did not go great. We lost probably a lot to very little. Uh, I get off the ice and the mom is standing outside our locker room door. And she says, I don't know what your problem is or when you turned into such an a-hole, but I am not introducing you to any of my daughter's friends ever and <laughs> stomped away. 
And I was just standing there stunned. And my coach tapped me on the back. He said, no, don't let her get in your head. You had a good game today. (laughs) (laughs) That's not, wow. That's a pretty impressive first impression. (laughs) Are you going to end it with now you're married? Yeah. No, uh, I did quick one when uh, the first time I went to pick my wife, my now wife up for a date, um, she was living with her parents while we were in college. And I walked in and her dad says to me, I'm surprised she's going out tonight. And I said, well, why is it? it was like a Tuesday night or something. He said, well, why is that? And he said, Survivor's on. And I said, oh, is it? And he says, you don't watch Survivor? I said, no. He goes, oh, do you not like this season? I said, I have never seen the show. And he gets up off the couch, walks across the room, shakes my hand and says, I knew I liked you. <laughs> well done, sir. The non-answer was a good answer. Yeah. 15 years later, here we are still. Still? And you haven't watched an episode of Survivor? Not one yet. <laughs> that's the secret to a good marriage, everybody. <laughs> right there. No, that's uh, my story is I dated Marisol Leone back in high school. And when I went to go meet her parents, they were very heavily in California. There's a very large uh, Hispanic population. And they were very heavily Hispanic, but they didn't speak English. And there was no communication going on, but with their eyes, they were clearly able to tell me that I was not invited any further into their home, into their daughter's life, or into any kind of experience at all. So it was um, an unspoken message that I, you know, to this day have uh, taken pretty well. But I'm going to go see, I'm going to ask my current wife if there's any survivor on tonight and see how that, uh, that uh, makes things, makes some magic happen or whatever it may be. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us with our predictions and our positivity this episode. Hopefully after the Leipzig match, we have some, uh, the rust is knocked off. The process is working and, you know, we're back, uh, we're back in, was it black? Something. <laughs> back in red, right? Okay, red. Red I'm hoping... Light getting a little out of my comfort zone and playing captain positive today will encourage the team to get a little out of their comfort zone and do something positive on the field. And we can all feel better about life on Saturday. There it is folks, Matt, helping us all feel better about life. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) All right, Matt. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later. See you, Travis. Thanks. Oh! <laughs>